1: Foto Grinders NFL Food for Thought podcast. We are at the end of the Super Bowl. we got a banger of a show coming up. I'm the Looch, Justin Carlucci here with Will Priester. What's going on Chief Justice? Doesn't much brother.
2: Last one of the year at least for NFL and uh, I'm just going to get out of the way. I mean we got we got the heavy hitters on this week. I mean these guys are coming in. I mean OGs been around a long time. Some guys that I look up to in this industry and have uh, pretty much followed my whole DFS career. So uh, without further ado, Lucha, I'll let you do your hosting duties. But uh, these guys are legends in the streets. So super happy to have them come on.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Chop, what's going on? It's good to have you on the show. How you doing?
3: Hanging in there, man. Last game. You know, somebody mm-hmm. said a couple of weeks ago, they, they said – Wow, we're down to three games in the NFL. And now that's when it hit me like, damn. It's coming to an end, man. And uh it's always it's always weird for for me because after like man, probably after 13 or 14 weeks, it starts to become like, "Oh man. I kind of wish it would end." And I say, "Man, I wish football would end." To some people and they go, "Oh, you're crazy. You know what are you going to do when it's over? This is the best. But it becomes a grind. But then when it is over, you're sitting there on Saturdays and Sundays and you're like literally bored out of my mind. I have no idea what to do. So, oh, man, it's, it's kind of bittersweet, man. I, I, I like the break of no football, but, uh, yeah, it creates, a, it creates a lot of boredom around the house. But we got a banger of a game, so I'm ready for it.
1: You know, the NFL does a great job of keeping you occupied throughout the offseason because we already have off season drama – Numerous coaching moves. Aaron Rodgers is going into the dark. And of course, I saved the best for last because Beer Makers fan, Mr. Prince, you and Mr. Chief might have had vastly different opinions on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> over the past couple of years. Now I'm not so sure how you feel about him. Either way, do you think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer next year before we get into the Super Bowl talk?
4: First of all, happy to be here, guys. Love the show, and uh, like Chop said, I mean it's a it's a bittersweet. It, he's right, you know, it gets to a grind. I know people don't want to hear that, like, hey, you get to work in sports and football. I don't, I don't want to hear you whining about it. So, but it does start to to get to a grind. We know that, and NBA, we're heading into trade deadline season and tanking season, and the whole LeBron thing last night. So, baseball still, you know, months away. So th- this is it. But we do have a hell of a game as far as Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Look, love the guy's football talent. Should he have more Super Bowls? Yes, we can argue that for days. But his act is wearing thin. I, I'm just done with this guy. It's all about me, 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 me. Never about the team. I hope he stays in that dark room for however long he needs to. I hope they move on. Let's see what Jordan Love can do. Not the next step. It's time to move on past Aaron Rodgers. So Jets, Raiders, wherever the hell they're going to move them, I'm done with it. It's too much Too much me. I want to hear about the team, not me.
1: Chief, there are a million storylines. We could go any which way uh, with this game, and I think we're seeing two, the two teams that are playing some of the best, most consistent football. I think we could both agree that, you know, the te- both teams that are there in one way, shape, or another most likely deserve to be playing for a title. It's going to be fun. What do you think's the biggest uh, storyline with this one, Chief? And the Eagles are slight favorites here. And uh, some consensus amongst our experts here, and we'll dive into it, is that there could be some points in this one.
2: Yeah, it it definitely feels that way. Um, I I just don't want to see Patriots-Falcons. Like, just don't give me that. Like, give me the the real football game. If if at halftime it's, you know, 17-14, I'm happy with that. 21-17, I'm happy with that. We cannot see like 10 to 0 at halftime. It's going to be so disappointing considering the, the potency of both of these offenses. Uh, but I think they're going to get rolling. I mean, we've seen Philly all season. They come out the gates pretty hot, and the Chiefs have come out of the gate pretty hot. And so I think to me, I think the big story is A.J. Brown, believe it or not. Like, I, I think Hurts is going to be fine. I think Mahomes is going to be fine. Kelsey's going to be fine. Is AJ Brown going to get off in the game? I think he does. Like he's had a, I don't want to call it a rough playoff stretch, but they haven't really needed to use AJ Brown hardly at all to win these games. I gotta think he gets involved in the Super Bowl. Like, and you know, I, I hate to just hop right into props and betting and stuff like that, but AJ Brown's probably one of my top targets on the week. Uh, if he doesn't get there, I'm going to lose a lot of money on Sunday. But I think he does. Once again, Hurt should be fine. Mahomes should be fine. Kelsey's gonna be fine. I think AJ Brown's gotta have a big, a big, uh, a big Super Bowl here uh, for them to for them to win this game. There's gonna be points on both sides for sure.
1: Chop, what is your thoughts uh, on the Eagles here? Are they gonna score points at will that uh, that you know maybe the public uh, thinks is gonna happen? Uh, give me give me some keys here to, to Philly's success here. Obviously they run the ball at a pretty high rate. Do you think we're gonna see a heavy dose of Miles Sanders?
3: Oh man! So I've—it's the Super Bowl. So I've dug in, you know, more than any other game of the year. You have all this time, and I and I and I'm still here, sitting here, you know, three days out from the Super Bowl. And I have really no idea exactly what I'm looking at in this. Like, there's so many different things to this game. Like, there's a piece of me that says this Eagles team is legit by far the best in the NFL, and it's not even close. And uh, you know the way they've they've smashed people this year with 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 hurts in there. And like I can I can disregard the games where Minshew was was playing, but so there's that piece of me. Then there's the piece that said, yeah, but my God, that schedule, man. And I know there's there's people who are gonna you know counter. Well, look at win percentage, and the Chiefs were just as weak of an opponent. No, I have to pump the brakes on that one. You know, when you really dig into it. I'm digging into what quarterbacks are you really facing, you know, and and I could go down the list here, but suffice to say, the best quarterback they faced all year was one game against Dak Prescott, because the other was Connor Rush. Uh, a handful of mediocre quarterbacks: Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, guys like that, and then about a dozen guys that you say, who? Matt Ryan, Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills, Daniel Jones twice, Davis Webb, one, you know, the Connor Rush Carson wins. I go, wow, okay. Maybe that's where they're getting these good numbers from. Like, there's, there's so many aspects to it. Then there's, you know, the injuries. Is Mahomes. High ankle sprain, I'm sure he would have sat out two to three weeks in the regular season. And he, like, he won that game against Cincy, but didn't look anything like Patrick Mahomes. How much is that going to hurt him? And on the other side, since Hertz came back from his injury, he hasn't done anything. Now, has he not done anything because they absolutely have not needed him? They've had three cakewalks. Or has he not done anything because they've intentionally scaled back on him because of the injury? I don't know, man. You know, there's so many things about this game that the way it can play out. Uh, The one thing I I do know, and we've talked about it before show, is I think there's points here for some of the reasons I've said. You know, I think uh, the Eagles are a really good offense, they do do come out and jump on you early. I don't think the Chiefs uh, are particularly great on defense, so I don't think they'll have a lot of answers. And on the flip side, I do think Mahomes. Anytime anybody is going to go up against Mahomes, is going to say, "Well, this is the best quarterback we faced all year." That's anybody, but in the Eagles' case, like it's exponentially <laughs> the best quarterback they faced all year long. So I think this point. I also, think unless we catch some really weird turnover variants here there's this game. No way this game can be a blowout on either side. I just can't see that. So I think we're looking at a tight game with some points with the Eagle. What are the Eagles? Luch, Are you, you're an Eagles fan, right?
1: No, I just live here. So yeah, I, wish live I, could, I wish I could say yes, but I can't.
3: Well, I'm a Cowboys fan. So it's in my nature to hate the Eagles and I want to hate them and I'm not going to root for them here and I hope they lose. But the truth is like they could be really good, man. And I, you know, and they could really shut everybody up, and then I'm gonna have to listen to my Philly buddies talk the smack for the next year. But uh, I kind of, I kind of don't know where they're at, man. To be honest with you, right now, I'm still up in the air on a lot of this
1: stuff. Yeah, beer uh, chop makes a lot of great points. That strength of schedule, quality of opponents. It's a shame we haven't. Uh, okay, so Philly fans are gonna listen to us and, and probably crap on us here, but this is maybe how it should be our, our real test at finally gauging who the Eagles are all things considered. And what are your thoughts about the birds? And do you think the spread, you know, is justified at one and a half, two in some places.
4: Yeah. The spread to me looks about right. I'm with chop. I think Philadelphia is the the better team of the two overall. I mean, you, you can look at these two offenses. I mean, these are two top three offenses in the league, according to DVOA, according to scoring any metric you want to look at. These are some good offenses. The edge I give the Eagles is defensively. We know the Chiefs, sure, they they showed up a little bit. They got a good defensive line, but what negates that? A good offensive line, which Philadelphia has. So the edge defensively to me goes to the Eagles here. As far as the schedule, who they played, look, you play who they put in front of you. I mean, you, can, you can't do anything about it, and, and they're not a team that is going to go out, get ahead, and just roll a team. So some of these scores might look, wow, they should have beat this team by, by more than that. They tend to take their foot off the gas. They get a hot start, and you know, I don't know if they they let their foot off the gas, they die down a little bit, and that could be something that that could bite them here in this game. We know Kansas City is going to put points on the board. I I don't care what defense you put across from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they're going to find a way, they're going to score points. So, uh, I'm with Chop. I I like the over in this game. I think there will be points. I'm with Chief that I don't want the six to three, the 10 to nothing, the slow. I'm usually an under guy. Uh, so to go over here is a little uh, different from what I normally do, but I do think they're scoring. As far as some of the overlying stories, you guys kind of hit on most of them. Mahomes, his injury, Hurts, is he 100%? Is this Philadelphia team legit? Look, they're talented all over the field. I think they're legit. My biggest question is going to be experience. We know Andy Reid, Mahomes, they've been in this game. They've been on this stage. This is new for Jalen Hurts. Unless you want to go back, when we got benched at Alabama, which we're going to hear a 1,000 times this week a uh, Sirianni younger coach. So are they ready for this stage for this spotlight? I, I don't think there's anything you can do to prep for the madness of, of the big game week uh, coming up here and then the game itself. So that's my biggest question as far as experience. But to me on paper, Philadelphia is the better team of these two.
1: I agree. And then I'll throw it back over to the chief. I think they're the most well-rounded team, uh, huge leg up defensively. Um, you know, the first drive of the Chiefs-Jaguars game, and this is throwing all analytics out or any statistics, just from the eye test, and I mentioned this on one of our earlier pods, I think that was the best Mahomes drive I saw in like three years. He was magical on that opening drive against the Jaguars before he got hurt. Jump passes, 360 spins. Like he he was in his bag on every single play, and I don't think he's going to be 100%, and that Eagles defensive line is where I really give Philly the slate a edge, I think here they're so deep, right? Like kudos to Howie Roseman and that front office for for really going all in. And you know they added uh, Robert Quinn just for fun, right? Um, I think we can forget about whiffing on Justin Jefferson, especially if they win the title this season. Which you know the whole Jalen Rieger thing that left a sour taste in a lot of Phillies fans' mouths for a while. But that defensive line, I think, is the biggest mismatch for Kansas City. And I think Mahomes is Mahomes's escapability. Is really going to have to be top tier here, um, you know, for Kansas City to, to do their thing and win this game. And he's had some time off and they had a very run heavy game script uh, the last two games, as Chief and I have talked about uh, with the rookie who really turned into the bell cow. It's about damn time they, you know, let cut him loose and gave him a bulk of the carries. So uh, that Eagles defensive line, I think, is, is where the real leg up here is. You talked about AJ Brown, Chief. I'm so impressed with Devonta Smith and We may have not seen that breakout crazy game from Brown, but his presence on the field is clearly uh, making everyone else better. It feels like Dallas Goddard's playing some elite football right now too, just running guys over and plowing people over after the catch. And Devontae Smith actually has like, I think an identical target share as AJ Brown in the second half of the season. So just in terms of, you know, diving in of who's going to make a difference. The Eagles have so many ways to score and they run so many different styles of plays, you know, RPOs and a lot of different play actions and a lot of ways to get hurts out of the pocket. I am kind of surprised we haven't seen more explosive yards after catch plays from AJ Brown. Maybe he's not a hundred percent, right? I mean, you've you've heard and seen some things about him, you know, uh, looking disgruntled, a little bit of a diva, Uh, just a salty Titans fan here. But, you know, we really haven't seen that, you know, Sixty-yard slant to the house that it seems like Tannehill was diamond to him every other week in Tennessee, and I, I really can't figure out why it seems like Devontae Smith has really prospered uh, the most in of this offense from at least the presence of AJ Brown. So, uh, Chief, talk to me a little bit here um, for Kansas City. Obviously, Mahomes, their success pretty much hinges on him, but this group of wide receivers was super banged up, and if anybody needed a week off, it was the receiving core of Kansas city, you know, Juju hurt Kadarius, Tony, who I think could, is kind of a key cog in this thing for Kansas city said, he's definitely going to play. Saw a huge game from MVS uh, Valdez Scantling uh, beer, which I'm sure you weren't used to seeing him, you know, torch anybody in a Packers yeah, uniform. But- he <laughs> was probably super frustrating to watch, but uh chief talk to me about the chiefs here and you know, what, what do they have to do to win this ball game?
2: Well, let, let me parlay to, different ideas into one you know um you want to figure out if you're a true number one receiver then go operate without the number one receiver let me just put that out there and I'm saying that because I'm going back to uh I'm going to parlay that into some AJ Brown talk and some Juju Smith-Schuster talk and I think you guys probably already know where I'm going with this but everybody thought Juju was elite until Antonio Brown was gone and then suddenly he wasn't elite anymore And right now everybody feels like Devontae Smith is elite and he's got a whole lot of speed, but if you take AJ Brown away, I don't think he's as good. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Devontae's bad. I I don't think, I think him and Juju are two different types of receivers, but my point is when everybody can load up on AJ, Devontae can eat. I don't think, I don't think Kansas city is going to be able to load up on AJ like some of these other teams, but that's just me. Um, In terms of Kansas city, I mean, the X-Factors, Mahomes and Kelsey. I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill left and uh, is is in Miami, and Mahomes has had no drop-off. I mean, literally no drop-off. And believe it or not, I think um, Tyreek being in Miami has helped this offense turn into something else. So you're not going to see a lot of the -the down-the-field, you know, long developing plays. You know, Mahomes is getting the ball out of his hands three to five seconds you know, three- to five-step drops on most of these unless something breaks down and he's got to run around. And I actually think that's going to negate a lot of the Eagles' pass rush. While I understand, you know, maybe they'll blitz occasionally, you know, Mahomes doesn't take a lot of sacks. And so I I think that's going to help the pace of this game. If the Eagles can't get off on the pass rush and Kansas City's got to stay on the field, what what if the Eagles' offense makes one mistake and has to punt early? And they look up and they're down 14-0. Like now they gotta start putting their foot on the gas. They're not gonna be able to play the same style of football that they're accustomed to, uh, which has got me thinking about some coin flip stuff on the sports books right now. Uh, but at any any rate, whoever gets the ball first in this game, in my opinion, I think they have the advantage because if they don't score, if the person get, uh, if Kansas City or the Eagles, if they get on the opening drive and they score a touchdown you know, I think the other team has some pressure, not immense pressure because obviously both teams are juggernauts, but I do think there's going to be pressure to put some points on the board, whether that's a field goal or a touchdown. If that doesn't happen and the other team scores again, I think I think that's where the fireworks are going to come in this football game. And I'm hoping Kansas City scores first so the Eagles don't have to play smash mouth the rest of the third quarter. But um, that that's kind of how I see this game going. I don't think the Eagles pass rush is going to be as good because I think, you know, the way they've been running this offense with Mahomes anyway, there's not a whole lot of deep throws. Everything's intermediate and, you know, around – I don't want to say around the line of switch, but we're anywhere from five to eight yards out on most of these throws, and they're just – they're hitting yards after the catch. I mean, I I was watching something the other day just talking about how Andy Reid has kind of evolved the screen game for Kansas City. Tight ends, running backs, wide receivers. They're all getting screens, and then they're using that – to create more offense. So uh, I, I think we're going to see, you know, a, a lot of the same that we've seen all year, which should hold the, the Eagles pass rush back.
1: Chop. I don't know if it matters how long you have the game plan for Travis Kelsey. I mean, Jonathan Gannon has been great. Nick Sirianni's given him such high praise. Does it matter how you try to slow this guy down and like who else needs to step up for Kansas city to make this thing work in their favor?
3: That's a good one, man, because I sit there and, uh, you know, every week when there's a like a big game, a playoff game or something over the last how many ever years, I'm always hesitant to use Travis Kelsey in DFS because I think they got to know this is the only guy right here. This is the guy like you, you've got to stop him. Right. That's, what, that's all you've got to focus on with Kansas City. And yet every week this guy goes out there in big games and nobody stops him. And I don't I don't. So there's just something to him. I think I read something the other day about he's almost equally lined up, you know, all over the formation so much that I guess it is tough to defend him. So, yeah, he's the guy, man. He's the guy that stirs the drink as far as receivers, because if you took him out of the mix, I'm sorry, but that is. That's one thing I fear for Kansas City in this game is the lack of receiving. These guys, these other guys are not good as a total unit. They're not MVS. What the what the heck, man? You know, like Kadarius Tony is a guy who just got traded after a year. Like, there's something wrong with him. No, no offense to him. Miko Hardman has never lived up, and he's not even in this game. Juju, like Chief alluded to, I thought he had potential, but He's never really recognized it after that first couple of years in Pittsburgh. So it's not a good unit if you take away Kelsey, but, you know, he's he's the straw that stirs the drink, man. So yeah, you got to think that with two weeks to prepare, that that's another factor is the coaching. Before this game starts, I would heavily favor Andy Reid's side for all kinds of different reasons, the least of which this is about – three, three times in four years, three or in four or five years that they've been in this game. They know what, they know what to expect. They know what to do. And I think there's something to that. In fact, I saw that thing on, I forget where it was, where he actually has these guys practicing right now with the, about uh, practicing with the extended national anthem time and the extended halftime time. Like they're, they're prepared for this. I trust them before the game more than Sirianni and those guys. So yeah, man, it's 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 some so I expect him to come out with a good game plan here and, and get Kelsey involved and, and figure it out. But to some of uh, chiefs other points, uh, the real X factor outside of Kelsey is that offensive line for Kansas City, which if I was going to sit here and rank offensive lines right now in the NFL, the Eagles are by far number one. It's not even close, but Kansas City might be top three. This is a better unit than they just saw in San Francisco, who San Francisco is going to get a lot of praise, but they're more of a run-blocking unit, and it's more scheme. This is a better all-around offensive line Kansas City has. And Mahomes, Chief said he doesn't take sacks. He is probably the best in the game right now at stepping up into the middle of the pocket, getting rid of the ball before the sack comes that's a lot of that is due to yeah, he's smart man he's so cerebral and then the, the strength of that offensive line is right there in the middle it's the only guy it's the only center in football that's probably better than the Philly guy better than Kelsey is Creed Humphreys and then the two guards are real good. so that's where he steps up now the injury because a lot of times he could step up and run for 10 yards get your first down on third down that's what Mahomes does it's gonna be interesting to see if he can step up and run or if he's just gonna step up just to pass. So that could make a big difference right there. But yeah, the middle of that offensive line is is the X factor outside of Kelsey for me.
1: Yeah, we can definitely slide in some DFS and and betting talks. And these are two teams that when you're talking about DFS and, and some prop betting and touchdown betting, they have so many weapons that it's it's always a challenge targeting players from these teams outside of Travis Kelsey, I, I feel like. But Beer, you've been waiting so patiently since I came on here and said Marquez Valdez Scantling, and I'm sure you have a lot to say about that gentleman. But what does Kansas City have to do to be successful and win this game? And can Travis Kelsey be stopped?
4: I don't know that he can, guys. I mean, this—the proof is in the pudding. This guy's been that good. Now you look at some of the numbers. Philadelphia, middle of the road against tight ends. You know, they didn't shut them down. They weren't one of the worst teams. It only allowed three
0: touches We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring You need indeed.
4: Touchdowns uh, to that position. Now, a lot of that, we can go back to the point of who did they play. If you're you know, dig into some of those numbers, don't put too much stock into that. But, you know, I, I think you have to put a focus on him, obviously. Now, it's easier said than done, but I agree. You got to make some of these other guys beat you, and you guys rattled off the list. I mean, let's just get to it. Marquez Valdez-Scantling <laughs> maybe had one or two good games as a Green Bay Packer, and, and many a times, Breaks loose, he's open deep, drops the ball. And then he gets that look from Aaron Rodgers, and his confidence just goes down, 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 down. So he still brings that big playability. But I agree with the point that they're not going to have time for that. Yes, the offensive line is good, but Mahomes isn't going to have the time to dance around, find him deep. Are they going to take their shots? Yes. Uh, and they may have to. If they're down in this game, whatever it may be, there's a lot of scenarios that they're going to have to take those deep shots. But that receiving core is a huge question. You know, Juju, I was a believer. I wanted to buy back in. He's with Patrick Mahomes. How could you possibly be bad when you're with Patrick Mahomes? Here we are. He's bad. I'm a believer in Kadarius Tony's talent, but I agree with Chop. Like, the guy was traded after one year. He's made of glass. He can't stay on the field. Does he Does he even want to play football? Are these real injuries? I start to question it. Uh, you know, who, who else are they throwing to? I mean, you're, you're talking about guys that are just not – NFL caliber starters, in my opinion. So it's just another checkbox uh, for the Eagles. They're just more talented offensively. Chief talked about Brown. Smith, I agree. A phenomenal receiver, but a phenomenal number two receiver. Dallas Goddard, one of the most underrated tight ends in the NFL, in my opinion. And we we barely talked about the rushing game. Sanders. And one of my favorite bets this week, Kenneth Gainwell uh, is a guy. I think the numbers are way too low. I, I think he's a big part of this backfield. I think that's going to continue here against this defense. I think he's going to be able to find some holes, be involved in the passing game. So uh, he's a guy that I'm targeting. So just a lot of great storylines. DFS-wise, you're right. These are teams you are generally like, man, it's tough outside of the big names. You know, I'd be able to just cram in Mahomes, Kelsey uh, and Hurts and find a winning lineup. You're going to have to take some shots on some of these guys. Gainwell is one of those guys I'm putting my chips on this weekend.
1: Yeah, and and chief, I mean, chief, you're the guy from the prop shops, chief's prop shop. There's so many, I'm sure, so many ways to go. I'm sure there's some chatter about touchdown props. If not, there will be. And the Eagles' backfield I and mean, Miles Sanders has looked fantastic. I mean, I could probably be behind that line and, and get thirty yards, maybe if I'm lucky. I'll prob- I'd probably die out there, but, but when I got hit, but that offensive line is so good. I was so wrong. That I thought the Niners' front seven could sort of neutralize that Eagles' ground game, and that kind of threw everything else that I wanted to that I had investments in out the window in that game. Uh, They, I thought the Niners would force Philly to be one dimensional and throw the ball more for like one of the first times this season. And that offensive line went out there from the first snap of the game and just annihilated Fred Warner and everyone else that's ahead of him in that front line. I I really couldn't believe it. That Eagles run game is for real. And uh, I think that's another box to check. I know, you know, they have you know, the Kansas City has Chris Jones and some notable names on that side of the ball, but Gainwell is heavily involved. Boston Scott keeps making cameos in the damn end zone and uh, Vultures touchdowns for Miles Sanders owners and people who have Kenneth Gainwell as well. And I think this will be a competitive game. But, Chief, you know, in terms of props and DFS, both these teams have so many weapons. You know, Kansas City has some. Weapons that are hard to trust outside of Kelsey. I think it's kind of consensus now that we don't know who to believe in outside of Kelsey in that receiving game. Uh, there must be something wrong with Tony. Maybe it's, he's made of glass or maybe it's one thing or another. It doesn't make any sense. A team that's in such dire need of talent on the outside and could have really you know, waited on a project player like Tony and the Giants just be so willing to discard him like that it really doesn't add up. I mean, we saw the Giants' lack of receiving talent earlier in the playoffs when the Eagles had a snoozer against them. And, um, you know, just one more thing here. It's just been a while since Philly's been punched in the mouth in a real football game in quite some time, while Kansas City has been scrapping and dealing with a ton of adversity. Uh, and maybe that's a little narrative-y, but what isn't this week? So, Chief, I mean, talk about some of these these other guys that you know we're all going to be investing in one way or another. Who do you got your eye on?
2: Well, I, I do want to make this comment because and I think this is important just from, from a general sense. The Eagles better win Sunday because if they don't, this team is going to look way different in two years. And, and I'm saying that because Hertz has got to get paid. A lot of these other guys, you know, Devontae Smith, he's going to have to get paid. Some of these guys on defense, they're going to have to get paid. They're not going to have enough money to pay all the guys. And believe it or not, I think that's that's what you're seeing in Kansas City. Like Tyree couldn't stay; he had to get paid. In Kansas City, couldn't they? Just I don't I don't think they could make it work and get everything else accomplished with the salary cap. Now I do know the salary cap is going to be expanded uh, coming up. I think in, in the new season, but but still. So you you look at my homes, and I'm going to talk. I am going to answer the question you asked me, by the way. But I I think this is a testament to how good Kansas City. And this this coaching staff has been this season. Like I know Andy Reid is not going to coach of the year, but like look at what he's got accomplished with pretty much nobody's Mahomes and Kelsey. Like that's basically what he did. And then he he has the, the stones, and he's he's done this before anyway, so it's not something new. But he just says, you know, we're just going to play Isaiah Pacheco now. Like I, I'm I'm tired of dealing with this running back. He's we're just going to play him. And the offense gets better. And uh, so, you know, kudos to Andy Reid, who probably could be in the running, but he's going to get overlooked because of all the, the other coaches like Dave and Sirianni, and I get that. Kansas City, they got a lot of weapons, but but here's what they do. Like, Kelsey's going to get all most of the work, but Noah Gray's going to be involved. MVS will be involved. Pacheco will be involved. And will be involved. Justin Watson will be involved. I mean, they're not going to try to beat you with one guy. They're just going to beat you with their unit. Whoever's open, that's who's getting the ball. And then when it's Kelsey time, it's Kelsey time. And I think, you know, even though this is kind of a a collection, and I don't want to call them nobodies. They're not nobodies, but it's an odd collection of talent. Mahomes just wants to make the right play at this point. They just want to win the game. And so you'll look. Kelsey might have eight targets in this game and everybody else might have two or three, but you'll look up and they've scored 35 points. Well, how do they do that? They just, they're going to make the right play. Um, and so I, I do want to say that from a DFS perspective, like you, I am going to have a ton of AJ Brown. Once again, AJ Brown's my guy this week, hands down. Like he's going in everything, but on the Kansas city side, you probably need to get a little bit of Noah Gray. Like if you're mass multi entering those are the guys you're going to need. Because I don't know, you know, which guy's gonna have the two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. And then Kelsey gets his eight catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. I, I don't know who that guy's gonna be. But these these auxiliary pieces, you just have to play them. And and that's how I'm gonna approach DFS. Now, I'll get my, my couple props in here. I'm taking eyeball props this week, like punt props, field goal props. I like the tackles this week, but They've got like past deflection. They've got all kind of oddball stuff, and some of that's kind of sexy to me this week. So that, that's what I'm going to be in on, and uh, got, I'm going to be in Nashville with the sports book. And I, I hope I don't become antisocial, but because uh, I'm going to have a field day uh, while I'm there.
1: Chop, who are I don't want to give away the farm, and I know you probably have other DFS content that you're pumping out this week in some way, shape, or form, but who are you inclined to look at as some contrarian options? I mean, we've talked about a lot of these other guys, quote unquote, that are very volatile and we don't know what the rules are going to be. Everything seems to change once in a while. I mean, Kadarius Tony had six or seven targets um, a couple games ago. Some of these guys are banged up. We haven't even mentioned, you know, Jarek McKinnon. We haven't mentioned that Edwards Hilaire is supposedly going to be active this week. And uh, it just, throws a couple of other wrinkles uh, into this big game on Sunday. Uh,
3: I think what, what chief said, it basically it boils down to uh, for Philadelphia, it's a pretty tight group. You kind of know what to expect. I can, if I want to uh, eliminate Boston Scott, because Scott and Sanders to me are kind of the same guy. And if it's not a blowout, then I can remove Boston Scott from my player pool because he gets the, the blowout run, right? So forget about forget about that. It won't be a blowout. So now I've got Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. Now I've got three pass catchers, man. Like that's it. That's all I've got to deal with, right? Goddard and uh and then uh, Smith and, and Brown. That's it. Now you go to the Chiefs, and it's just like it's just like Chief said, it's all over. There's three running back now. I gotta worry about. There's Kelsey, and then there's like four wide receivers. So it's all spread out. So just to give you like a little a glimpse of what I like on the Philly side, uh, if I'm prop betting, I'm taking I'm, whatever's on the board there. And there's there's like receptions, yards. It's it's minuscule, but whatever it is, it's, I'm taking the unders on Quiz Watkins. Give me the unders on the Quiz Watkins prop, the splits between – you know what? I got, it, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it on my spreadsheet real quick. Let me pull it up real quick for just just to clarify this. Just so I'm not pulling. Stop I'm, pulling not, up pull, the I'm not pulling this I'm is, not pulling numbers it. out of I'm not pulling numbers out of thin air, you know, receiving yards. I'll put some work in and do, But Quiz Watkins is uh in those games where Goddard was out, averaged almost five targets a game. That's where he made his his hay this season. But when Goddard's been healthy. He's down to 1.8 targets per game. He's had like uh, 11 games where he's gotten two targets or less. Like he's This guy's got zero, one, or two chances in this entire game to beat you on your over props. I'll take my chances on unders on Watkins. And then for DFS, you guys just mentioned him. I think Kadarius Tony's the X factor here as far as DFS – I put in the survey, the expert survey this week. I think he runs for one and catches one. Listen, they <laughs> what Kansas City does is really is really weird because they can't really. Kadarius Tony doesn't get the ball. He doesn't go downfield that much. Most of these guys don't go downfield. They all kind of hang around the line of scrimmage anyway. He's their most explosive athlete. Big, big time pass rush. I think they're going to get the ball into his hands quick. Let him make moves. That may even come on a, a, a sweep or something of that nature. So I kind of think out of all those guys, Juju and uh, Kadarius and all those guys, I think Kadarius is the guy that I, I'd be leaning on in DFS a little bit more.
1: I love that. And, you know, he has a little little extra, maybe uh, bad blood in his mouth going up against a former NFC East foe. And I know he was briefly acquainted uh, with the NFC East and the Giants gave up on him. But wouldn't that be something Beard? talk to me about some of these odd and end type guys and who are you willing to maybe trust the most, whether it's in the prop market or, or DFS wise, I have a feeling you're not going to say MVS.
4: No, not going to say MVS. <laughs> I mean, all the, the beauty of MVS, it takes one play. We know that. Now whether he brings that ball down, that that's the question, but I, I, I love the Kadarius Tony call. I, I think some people may hesitate because of injuries because a lot of people have been riding him in the playoffs and, he hasn't exactly produced, but some of those, you know, that one looked like a touchdown to me that they overturned uh, that deep ball that he caught. So he's a guy that, that chat mentioned. He, you get the ball in his hand so many different ways. They're very creative on how they're going to utilize him. So not your ordinary, just run out, run routes, right wide receiver. You know, he's going to get the jet sweeps, things like that. When they get towards the goal line, they really seem to trust this guy. So if they're going to take away Kelsey, if I got to put my chips on any other Kansas city chief to score Outside of Isaiah Pacheco, it's likely going to be Tony. So I love that call. But, guys, I want to go back to Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Again, I know Miles Sanders is technically the one here, but his involvement in this offense just continues to grow. It's been working. I don't think they go away from it. I think both guys are going to get some run. Why not take the cheaper guy here? It's going to allow you to spend up on the A.J. Browns of the world, the Travis Kelseys of the world. Get these quarterbacks in your lineup. So Gainwell, a guy I love in DFS a guy that I love both his rushing and rushing and receiving props. I'm sure we'll get into some of the, the numbers on those, but uh, that's a guy that that I'm really looking at. And then, again, let's not forget about Dallas Goddard, and that's a guy I'm I'm putting my chips on for first touchdown. Bet the Eagles start quick. Uh, the Chiefs have given up nine touchdowns to tight ends this season, plus 1,200 on that bad boy. Go dare, as my boy Chop loves to call him. I'm going first touchdown, Dallas Goddard.
1: He looked like he's been playing possessed, but when he's caught the football, he's just been fantastic, and um, I like the Gainwell call. I, I think, I don't. I wouldn't call it my favorite prop bet, but I think, and McKinnon has made me some money, mostly through the air, and I think with Edwards Hilaire being active, I don't know what the role's going to be. Even if he vultures a carry or two, uh, uh, McKinnon's getting no volume, right, unless pacheco's hurt or something like that like he's not getting the football so i kind of like mckinnon uh, under was it 20 and a half 20 and a half, half
4: rushing yards that's on my list as well i agree completely on that one
1: yeah yeah i mean his work is going to be through the air I, I don't think there's any reason to hand him off the football on this one and uh the eagles front seven has been pretty good so i was super wrong about a team being one dimensional last round but i feel like I feel like they're, they're, I feel like Kansas City is going to put the ball in the air quite a bit and, and also use some gadgety stuff like you mentioned with Tony, and he's basically the only guy to really run some of that gadgety type stuff. Andy Reid likes to throw in there. Um, so I, I think I like all those calls uh, quite a bit here. Uh, Chief, there's two guys in this podcast that I think I, I agree with who, who like the over in this game. And I think, and I know you like a team total, and and this is no secret. This this stuff's getting published. We think there's going to be some points in this one. And uh, I know you like the Chief to score some points in this one, Chief. So, uh, what do you think about the game total here at 50 and a half?
2: Yeah, I'm taking the over for sure. Um, I might even take the first half over, believe it or not. Like, because the Eagles start so fast. If if the Eagles hold true to starting fast, Kansas City's got to keep up. I look. whole lot of respect for this Eagles defense but I still don't think they're going to slow this offense down completely I think it's just you know I I just don't think they do so um I'm pretty much on probably every over in this game um especially I mean I caught one earlier you know I wrote this one up for SAO obviously I'm not sure if Luchas you know published it yet but I mean we got Kansas City at 22 and a half like Come on, guys. They're gonna score at least 24 points, I think. I don't I just don't see them sitting staying under 22 and a half. Once again, a whole lot of respect for the Eagles defense. I do think the Eagles win this game for what it, what it's worth. I also took the Eagles at plus one and a half or minus one. Which one was it? I can't remember where it was when I got it, but I'm I'm basically taking the Eagles to win. But still, I just I think that's incredible. Um, at 22 and a half. They're 23 and a half on most books. I think 22 and a half was points bet, and uh, I just, I, I think it's too low. I mean, it, they could end up with 23 points in the first half if things break their way, uh, both of these teams. So um, I, I'm, I'm hoping the Super Bowl gods land where they should for this game, and, and I think we'll, we'll make a lot of money here.
1: I love all of the Betting options. Of course, there's all the goofy stuff like what color the Gatorade will be. And I'd love to hear your guys' input on that at some point.
2: Oh, can but, I squeeze one my prop of the weekend though? I'm sorry. You I'm should. Sorry. That's yeah. why this is the last Dude, one, man. Go for it. Dallas Goddard, over four and a half receptions. Like, just book it. Just go ahead and take that to the bank right now. I mean, that that's my favorite prop of the week. Um I'm gonna have that in everything. every parlay, I'm taking it straight, everything. It's in everything. I mean as an example, they didn't even need to throw the ball against San Francisco in the divisional in the uh, NFC Championship, and he still caught five balls. They, and they didn't have to do anything, and he caught five balls. In this game, they're going to have to throw at some point. Like they're not going to just be be able to sit back and hand it off to Sanders and, and uh, Beer. I'm with you. I, I'm I'm in big time on Kenny Gainwell rush plus receiving yards this week, big time. Um, so that's one of my favorites. I think he was around the low to mid 30s last I checked, yeah. last I was getting some in. So, I, I that's head. another one of my favorites this week. So, I but Dallas got it over four and a half receptions. Like, take that to the bank, unless it's unless there's an injury, he's going over
4: 34 and a half, uh, rushing and receiving for game over. While.
2: Absolutely,
1: yeah. Let me stick right there, Beard you can get either Goddard, AJ Brown or Devonte Smith on various sports books at a four and a half reception total. If you don't mind paying a little juice, they're all at four and a half across the industry in one way or another, which seems, I don't know what it seems. I don't know what, I'm not exactly sure what to make of it. Uh, I don't think they all hit uh, just with very, I don't think they all go over. Um, so chiefs into the Goddard, uh, you know, uh, receiving props here. What do you think his reception? Do you think he catches five balls?
4: I do. That's the one I'd feel best about, which is surprising because, you know, the other guys are bigger stars, but we've seen the production for Brown, for Smith, you know, kind of yo-yo at points. Smith's been a lot more consistent here down the stretch, but a constant when he's in the lineup has been Dallas Goddard. I mean, so he gives you that combination of floor, you know, he's going to get targets. Plus he's got that ceiling uh, that can get you there in DFS. So If I have to choose one as far as receptions, it's Goddard. Now, yards, you're probably looking at the other two uh, receivers as far as getting those high yardage totals. But I don't hate his yardage total either. So Goddard and Gainwell, uh, two of my favorite Eagles here, and and they're not the stars. They're not the guys that are going to be the the most heavily owned in DFS. Everyone's going to try to cram Brown Smith. Again, you save some money with these two guys, can spend that money elsewhere.
1: Yeah, the, the Chiefs are, are funny because, like you said, they gave up a lot of damage to tight ends in the red zone, but they gave up a really high target percentage to wide receivers um, uh, in that position. So it seems like they're vulnerable uh, in the red zone to the big bodies. I love that Goddard call. And just circling back to Chop, I, 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 was, I was thinking about Tony for DFS because of pretty much everything you, you nailed, right? Um, gadgety guy could probably find the end zone in a multitude of ways depending on what kind of play call they have. Now there isn't a lot of historical data for Tony because he's always been hurt or he's rarely played his role this season, you know, coming back and getting integrated in the offense. His snap share was kind of low. I tell you what his receptions prop is at two and a half at even money. And, and I I think I'm with you. I, I think you, you talked me into looking it up here and I looked it up. I I love that at even money. I I think he's got to be a huge part of this offense. And I think maybe Juju might be a little more banged up than what he's what they've been leading on. Um, what do you think about Kadarius Tony? You think he catches three balls on Sunday?
3: I do. I do Come because, on. uh, I think they're very low risk throws to him. They're, I just don't see them. The only guy that they're possibly be targeting 30 yards downfield with those high variance throws is MVS. Kadarius is just going to hang out around the line of scrimmage, man, and get the quick screen passes. So I do like that one. I like that one a lot. And, um uh, I, I, I got a prop for you guys. All right, now, Super Bowl, man, anything can happen. Like, a dude could take a kickoff back 100 yards and totally blow up everything, right, all the props. But on paper, I got a prop. Man, it feels like it's stealing, and I hate to, hate to jinx myself, but uh, the uh, I was looking this up the other day. Lo- team to score the longest touchdown in the game. The Eagles are minus 120. Man, for all the reasons I've already said, about the, the chiefs just basically methodically trickle matriculate down the field small passes Kelsey has like an all-time low in depth of target this year he hangs out like six to seven yards uh, from the line of scrimmage doesn't get downfield the only guy that goes downfield is MVS and Beer already said he kind of has hands of stone quite a bit you know like, they just they, they work their way downfield, get in the red zone. They got this great red zone package, and they score short touchdowns. That's what they do. Philly is the exact opposite. When they get inside the red zone, they run it or they bog down. Hertz is not good in the red zone. They are a big play team with A.J. Brown or Devontae or whoever it is. They're a big play team. So team to score the longest touchdown in the game – Barring something crazy, it feels like for me, it's stealing to to take the Eagles here minus one hundred and twenty. So I love that one. Uh, I'm, I'm love just that. taking
2: all these props and wait until I get to Nashville, my man. They're all yeah, going man.
3: in. Don't send me the invoice if they don't
1: hit, please. <laughs> <laughs> are are no, you, sir, are, that, you fly, are you flying? In are you flying to Nashville, Chief? You flying?
2: Oh yeah. Listen, I'm getting there, but I'm getting there way before check in. I'm getting there like seven <laughs> in the morning. Nashville.
3: Chief, I don't want to be reading those no stories. I don't want to be looking at no stories on the news of a, a Chief Will Priester pulling an OBJ on the plane and just <laughs> passed out, passed out drunk. And just can't—they can't wake him up, pissing himself. All that—I don't want to be no, seeing none of that, Chief. So no.
2: I, I, ironically, Chop, I don't drink, so we won't have that problem. Uh, no, good, I, listen, I'm getting off. I, I've I got it all planned I'm getting off the plane. I'm getting a lift. I'm going to go to some nice breakfast place. I'm going to sit down, eat my breakfast. I'm going to ask them for the Wi-Fi and the computers coming out, my man. The things are going to be getting done quickly. Um, But I I will say, Chop, I like that call. And and that's another reason why I like A.J. Brown so much this week, man. I I think here's my hot take for the week. A.J. Brown goes over his receiving yards prop in the first half. That's my hot take for the week. Bam. The whole thing, first half.
1: I, I, you just think he's gonna have the game, but I, I just think his. Pr- I think they maybe they shade the coverage, and he's really opened things up for Goddard and Devontae Smith, and I, just to piggyback off Chop's longest touchdown call, if Quest Watkins is a losing prop bet on that under, which I do really like. It's going to be like a forty-yard bomb for a Touch. It, like it's just he's not catching a pat. He's not catching a pass for ten yards either. He catches the bomb or he doesn't, and I I think that's what it's going to be. But I also like the odds of that not hitting either. So um, the Eagles are, are definitely explosive, and even in the run game, like we've seen, Miles Sanders chunk everyone, and the Chiefs' run defense has not been impressive. Uh, ETN looked pretty good in that Jags game. I know things don't always carry over from week to week, but um, I guess you know before we move on and, and start to wrap things up, it sounds like, now correct me if I'm wrong, is the consensus, consensus here that the Eagles win this game, but it's close? Is that, is that where we're at, fellas?
2: That's oh, I'm going to minus one and a half for what it's worth. Ooh. I think they win
3: it. I'm, on, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, just, I don't see a blowout, so I think it's a close game. Okay, we're in the fourth quarter of a close game. One of these teams has a lot of experience in that, just played one last game. And then uh, one of them has Patrick Mahomes also, and the other has a, a reliable run game and a running – like, I'll, I'll take my chances on the Chiefs.
4: I'm on Philly here. I just think they're the better team, and the defense uh, is the edge for me. Both these offenses we know are going to score. I do give the coaching advantage to Andy Reid. I think it would be crazy if you don't. The quarterback advantage, I mean, those are two important pieces. But all in all, I trust that defense. I think Philadelphia gets this done in a high-scoring game
1: this is a little random, but if this is a really tight game in one box, I'm gonna I will check for Kansas City in a game where we're talking about a bi- a billion points, and you know it should be competitive, and each team should force one another to be aggressive. Harrison Bucker is a machine. Everyone talks about Justin Tucker. I feel like I feel like Harrison Bucker never misses a kick. I you know when he came out in the playoffs and it was like what a bomb to uh to steal the game. I had no doubts it was going in he's fourth all time in field goal percentage. I, I did not know that until I just kind of like looked it up. Cause I, I felt like he never missed a kick and clearly he rarely does. So that guy has ice in his veins. And if it comes down to three, I think he's, I think he's the guy and that am taking nothing away from Elliot on the other side there, but man, B- but Bucker's a smooth cat. And you know, if it wasn't for Justin Tucker, maybe we'd be talking about how good Butker is a, as a field goal kicker as well. So uh, we'll see both, both sides are going to be aggressive on, uh, on fourth down so it should be interesting and um i don't know if they're gonna make any brandon Staley own 35 yard line type of calls on fourth down because that guy's an idiot let's be real but uh, i i do think both of them uh, will be aggressive and it should be exciting now i, I just kind of thought of this and i didn't give you guys any time to think about this and, and that's my bad as a host i guess but it, it should make for a quick fun conversation before we uh Talk about some food and maybe a story time, but do you guys have a favorite, memorable Super Bowl? Super Bowl itself, or a moment uh, that maybe either you know you as a fan, or just kind of left your jaw dropping, or, or just something so crazy uh, for one reason or another? And I, I just think it was the, one of the craziest ways to kick off a Super Bowl. I'll never forget uh, when Denver got safetied on the opening play of the Denver Seattle game when they got slaughtered, uh, and some, and you know, this was like. At the infancy of sports betting becoming legal, and someone had a ticket on a safety being the first score of the game. I saw on Twitter something crazy, but that was probably the craziest beginning to a Super Bowl that I can remember. You know, in the last ten or unexpected, I should say, um, you know, for for a Peyton Manning team to get safety to start the game. But um, obviously, me as a Titans fan, uh, you know, Mike Jones tackling Kevin Dyson at the one. I was pretty young. It was a bad night for Team Luch when uh you know the last super bowl appearance the titans had uh you know lost by a yard to the greatest show on turf and uh i won't forget that one that w- that was a bad one um but i guess chief do you have anything that that sticks in your head top super bowl kind of moment or something you'll never forget
2: yeah man and clearly you know maybe it's going to be i'm not sure if we're all going to going to have it from a fan perspective but uh mine is uh is cam newton just teeing off in the press conference after the Super Bowl, just not able to handle the loss. Possibly for good reason. We lost to Peyton Manning in a good Denver defense, but I, I don't think I'll ever forget that one as a Panthers fan uh, as we're still chasing uh, a Super Bowl victory. It's like it's not coming soon.
1: Yeah. Chop, what about you? Any Any Super Bowl memories for good or for bad?
3: Man. A lot of Super Bowl <laughs> memories. Like, you know, as a sports fan, you kind of uh, you remember certain things in sports, and that takes you back to a certain place in time almost. And uh, for me, so there's a lot of them. I have memories littered all up and down sports. But as far as Super Bowls, Tampa Bay against Oakland 2003. The one where Ooh. Dexter Jackson took back the interceptions for touchdowns. That was one of my most memorable right there and it was it was for reasons I'm not going to get to on the air here cuz I never know who's listening, but it was a good one, brother.
1: <laughs> we do get some downloads, believe it or not. So some <laughs> things I guess we have to keep to ourselves. Was that was that the Charlie Garner era of uh Raiders football?
3: <laughs> he it was Garner Garner and Gannon.
1: Garner and Gannon. Man, that, that takes me back from to my my early days of playing season-long uh, fantasy football with the, the Rich Gannons and the Priest Holmes, you know, of the world during those times. Speaking of great fantasy football Chiefs players, Priest Holmes had those, like, three years where he <laughs> just had more touchdowns, I think, than we'd ever see anybody score at one point. Um, But, you know, that being said, let's close up shop here. We have a lot of stuff to do. Chief, this is our last... Uh, food of the week slash story time segment so you have any local food spots or anything you ate recently or any good stories to tell us before we head out of here
2: well I'll make this a two for one um, my, my son actually asked me to uh, come speak at his SCA um, or God, what is it called um, I guess it's SCA but anyway his, his Christian uh, athlete um, meeting tomorrow. So I'm going to be headed there. And uh, what he asked me to talk about, he said, well, you know, can you maybe just talk about your ankle injury from high school and how it kind of changed your career path. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I, uh, I was actually headed to play college basketball and I broke my ankle in high school last game of the season too. Um, so I, I didn't get a chance to like finish up my senior year, missed the playoffs. It was awful. And uh, I kind of parlayed that into uh, my coaching career, being able to coach basketball and train and stuff like that. And so um, I, I, was, I thought it was really cool for him to ask me to come talk about that and, and talk about, you know, the challenges I faced and, you know, how I was able to make it through that. Um, so, yeah, so that's cool. And then this one, in terms of food for the week, I've actually started liking – so Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut of all places. Has something called the Pizza Hut melt, Loot. and it's basically a pizza, or it's not a pizza. It's really more like a calzone, but they kind of cut it in half. Um, you know, you can get a meat lovers. You, they've got like this chicken bacon parm. It's really good. Like I, I, I didn't expect it to be good. It's just, it's just something I was, I wanted something quick one day. And I was like, oh, I'll just try this thing. You know, they've had the, the commercials out. And I tried and I've had at least three since the first time I've tried it. So, um, you know, I won't I won't have that for the Super Bowl party, obviously, on on Sunday. But if I was at home, I for sure have me a couple of those melts ready to go.
1: I didn't I never in a million years thought you'd come on here and talk about Pizza Hut. So that that's certainly interesting. (laughs) Chop, Chop, you got a you got a fast food pizza take before before I ask you a real food or story question, I, I know there's been some recent <laughs> recent battles between Domino's Pizza and Papa John's in, in the media world. Here, so.
3: I mean, listen, I'm I am not the foodie. Okay, yeah. I'll say this. Here's the thing. I'll give you some background. Uh, for a long time, like when I, since I was a young guy, when I first got to college, I spent a lot of time working my way through kitchens, so I know all about that kind of work and and cooking and doing all that with that being said what would ever keep me from being a great chef I don't have the taste buds man I can eat anything right that's why I think I'd be good on one of those game shows where they make you eat a bunch of random crazy stuff I don't have any taste buds it just I just everything tastes good to me right I'm just a food guy I like food period I'll I'll eat anything so when I tell people I'm getting Papa John's tonight. They go, they look at me disgusted, you know, like Papa John's is nasty. No, I like it. It's all good. So I like all that kind of stuff. And I'll also, I'll, I'll go a step further and say some of these, uh, some of these pizza places, fast food pizza place, they put out some damn good wings, man. Believe it or not, the yes. wings are really good. So yes, uh, every, every Friday night in this house, we are ordering a pizza delivered from Papa John's or, Pizza Hut or something like that with some wings with it,
1: so uh, I don't mind, man. You're in Texas. I, I, it's like it's the barbecue capital of the country. I you know. I there's all these Netflix shows with pitmasters and some some things I watch before I go to sleep sometimes because honestly, when you when you do sports content for like you know 8, 10, 12 hours, I need to watch like anything other than Sports Center or or a game once in a while. Sometimes I'm sometimes I'm just out of sports for the day. There's got to be some good barbecue down there, right? I'm sure.
3: There's fantastic food. Period. Yeah, barbecue is one of them. But you know, you can't have the same stuff all. If you have the same stuff too much, yeah, kind of wears on you. But you know, if they if they came up with a, a really good barbecue place that delivered like pizza does, we'd be in good shape. Which is a whole another rant to me. This <laughs> that Uber Eats and and those and those things like that. I can't stand those places, man, those delivery services. I've I've very rarely had good experience. Your food either gets there cold because they took too long and now they're dropping it off to three other houses before yours. So I, I can't dig that. Or even worst case scenario, I got a family of five here, man. God forbid I order something and they deliver it and they forgot something from somebody. It's over with for the night. I got you know what I'm saying? Like. I'm having to give up house. my meal for. I'm <laughs> having to give up my part for, to the kid. Like dad, like child. I, know again, what you man, mean. I don't even. I don't like. I don't like those deliveries. So a good old pizza. It'll get delivered. It'll get delivered hot. And I know. I know it's going to get here. The right order is going to get here. So if a barbecue place here close to me could come up with that concept where they deliver and I don't have to go through the third party, I'd get it all the time. But they don't have it.
1: That's a hell of a concept. I like it. And quick shout out. Beer Beer had a dip out of here. He had some tech issues, but he said his one of his favorite memories was Don Beeb chasing down big ass Leon Lett. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, big shout out to Beer. Uh, I guess my story time hit, hits a little close to home. Uh last week, my cousin passed away unexpectedly. He was a hell of a friend. A mentor to me but he was one of my favorite people to sit down with At a sports book at a bar um, i lived with him for a while a uh, great guy big supporter of scores and odds he lived in baltimore for a while so uh he used scores and odds for his lines that he bet with his bookies and, and his friends you know for a really long time so it's uh it's been it's been a, a tough week and um you know so you know when people pass life's just never the same but uh, he was a big supporter of SAO, a big part of my life. So I definitely wanted to give a shout out to my cousin, Dave Silberfeld. And he was super known uh, in the Baltimore area where he spent most of his life. And you know, he had some connections in media and knew some people at the local station. So, I mean, there are odds that maybe someone listening knew Dave. He was a big tequila guy. He loved drinking Reposado neat. So if you're having one this weekend, uh, please do have an extra one for him. Um So that that was that. And uh, my birthday was this weekend, so it was a rough one. But another shout out to my fantastic girlfriend who planned a bunch of stuff to get my mind off of uh, everything. And uh, we had some fun. We did some lunch. We did some dinner here in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania. Had a little bit of a wholesome moment. Uh, We went to Dave and Buster's for the hell of it just to play some games and blow off some steam because it's fun once in a while. Um, I'm a kid at heart, man, so, so that was cool But there's one of these big, big crane machines Not the normal size ones The ones that you always get ripped off on With the really good big prizes But the thing never holds, <laughs> holds what it has And it drops it And this little kid was in front of us and He was trying to get this, like, soccer ball And he tried, like, five or six times And the last one, the, the claw had it And it opened up and dropped And he was, like, crying And his parents said, you know, we spent, like, 20 bucks on this Let's just, you know, we'll leave here, you know So we stepped up and my girlfriend went and got it on the first try and we tracked him down and gave him the ball and he was so happy. And that was like the most wholesome moment I had. So that was, maybe that'll be my good karma. I don't know, but uh, it was cool to put a smile on, on someone else's face, a stranger's face. You know, chief, you you talk about it often. Sometimes you just got to say, Hey, how you doing today? And, and uh, that can make someone's day. So it's been a bit of a, a roller coaster two weeks for me, but, Uh, Dave was a big-time better. He loved having fun, seriously lived every day like it was his last, and uh, he wanted us to end this football season with a bang and uh, and make some money this coming weekend. So that being said, Chief, this is it, the closing show. You got anything to uh, wrap us up here?
2: Negative, my brother. Um, Close this thing out. We'll see you folks back here next season, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, Chop, thanks so much for hanging with us. We appreciate you, man.
3: Hey, not a problem, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me on.
1: Absolutely. And thank you all, listeners. It's been a fun season. We wouldn't be here without you guys. Uh, We love hearing your feedback uh, and your comments about the show, and uh, we'll see what we can do. I want to try to get, like, an NFL draft special edition or something because, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl is over, we're going to hear about draft, free agent drama, the Combine. Uh, Well, I'm
2: headed to the Combine this year for what it's worth. Really? I I will be out there, so – that's gonna be. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna come back with some nuggets. I can tell you that right now.
1: I like that. Some chicken chop,
2: nuggets. Know- chicken nuggets, maybe. Yes, sir. Chicken nuggets all day.
1: <laughs> chop. You do a lot of college football stuff. Are you into the combine? You you, you watch that stuff?
3: Uh, the combine. Nah, I've I've yeah. seen enough. I've seen enough games all year. I kind of know what's good and what's bad.
1: Gotcha. Well, I, I'm gotcha. going
2: just to go. Like I've never done oh, yeah. it. And look at it. I mean, we I guess we're supposed to be closing. I, I, last thing is. <laughs> another organic conversation which is what this show is all about but i'm just going just to go man get that experience uh, see what it's like so hopefully uh it'll be fun
1: well before we start ranting about something else under the sun uh for beard chop and chief i'm the Louche. thank you guys for a great season have fun good luck in the super bowl and we'll see you in a couple months